episode 17. 17, baby. Ready to do this? Ready. I think we got a good one. I think so, too. One of the things we want to discuss today is uh, some of the things we consider when training middle-aged athletes because it's such a common situation with the type of program and the, the type of demographic that we have. Uh, our middle-aged athletes are 45 to 65. They're, most of them are working professionals. They're coming in really early before work or really late afternoon, or it's a personal training client of ours. Uh, this is a very popular demographic for us. Yeah, what defines you know a middle-aged athlete? How old would we consider middle-aged? Um, 45, 65, I think is fair. Now, obviously blurry lines on the front end, blurry lines on the back end, but I think that's a pretty fair range. And it, uh, we probably consider a decent amount of our current athletes and current clientele pretty close to middle age, no? I would say the majority of them, um, 60, maybe even 70% of them fall in that range for sure. Yeah. No, I feel like this was a great topic. Uh, what made you think about this? to uh, bring this up, bring this for the listeners? Well, I'm just trying to think about how do we deliver value with uh, the, the type of people uh, that are listening to our podcast and, and what they can take from it. Uh, and two, I think a lot of people assume that what we, uh, that we don't think about what we do because we do it so naturally, but there's a lot of stuff that we've constantly consider when training individuals. And a lot of that happens through uh, that, this middle age range. Yeah, and uh, when, initially when you brought this topic to mind, um, I kind of you know just thought about the fact that I just signed my mom up for the gym, yeah. you know, because my mom falls right in that category, um, between forty five and sixty five, and uh, I was just kind of thinking, you know, it took me a while to just get here towards the gym, and I just, you know, it's kind of getting off topic a little bit, but uh, just I started reminiscing on like how hard it was to get her working out, you know, and. You know, I know you've had the same, you know, instance where your family or your close friends don't want to listen to your expertise, you know, um, as easy as we'd like them to in regards to fitness or whatever. You know, um, we know the importance of it, but, you know, they don't want to take it just because it's coming from us. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, no, like, you know, I'm, I'm happy she's on board. And uh, yeah, I just felt like I wanted to add that in there. Um you know, because she falls right in that middle age category. Well, what's unique about her is some of the things we want to consider. Your mom is a great example. So for your mom, it's apprehension. And so some of the considerations that I take with your mom, one is going to be what's her current level of fitness. So this is a consideration we make with middle age athletes. So when you brought her in, I said, Brett, what is she doing? Like, what has she been doing? Nothing, nothing. Uh, what does she do to exercise? Nothing. And she walks in and she looks in decent shape. You know, I, I have to take all that into consideration to see where I'm going to start her at. Yeah, no, it's up to us as coaches to determine where they're at, you know, um, fitness wise. Because, you know, that's why we do the intro. You know, that's why we do the, the weekly free intro session is to determine where, what level of fitness these people are coming in. Because, you know, we can't throw them right out into the fire um, if we don't have a good heads up on where they're at fitness-wise. Yeah, and when we take on that phone script, it's a screen, but it's a verbal screen because it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to be able to do it. And so once we can screen them enough to know that they're an ideal candidate for us, then we get them into a program or into a, a, a 
complimentary intro or free class depending on the current level of experience uh, because we want to see them move because movement never lies and uh, somebody can tell me that they've snatched before and then they touch the bar and attempt to snatch and it looks nothing like the snatch I know they lied to me and so we we need to get them into the facility as fast as possible and get them moving the other consideration that I always make is injury hey uh, are you in pain are you currently in pain? Does anything hurt? And what kind of injuries that you have that, that limit you from any type of exercise that we do here? Yeah, limitations. And basically, this all these considerations fall in the same category. Are you ready to participate in our fitness program that we're doing over at the gym? Yeah, and the popularity of the class is the group. And I say that there's fun, it's exciting. But the group class is not for everybody in a perfect world. I wish it was, but it isn't. And that's why we have to offer more services like personal training, uh, remote programming, things like that, that will allow us to meet them where they're currently at. No, that's good. I like that. <clears throat> so the other one, uh, I, I think that we, we want to talk about is what are some of the differences that we consider in training, right? So if you're not within that, let's say 45 to 65 age range, what are some differences in training, especially for the middle age that we always take into consideration in training? For me, the, the number one thing I always consider is that we cannot like it's one thing to do training and you tweak a hamstring or your calf is not feeling right but for the middle age range i find that these individuals take much longer to come back from injury than uh, younger individuals yeah no doubt when you're young you know you seem to recover a little bit uh, from injury you can you know work it off or you know go home ice it and changes are it'll, it'll heal up a little bit faster but uh you know, when you're getting older, you, you take that longer recovery time. And uh, at, at that point in time, you, you, we can't afford to, you know, mm. um, to get injured at that, that age. Yeah, it's just going to take too long. Um, and for those individuals, we still want them in our program because we want to see how they're progressing. Uh, one of the things, even with an individual last night, is I told her that injuries as you get older are not going to disappear without some type of focus of trying to remove the injury, whether it's manual therapy, whether it's icing or compression, that you can't just walk around for two weeks and hope it's gonna go away because it's not gonna happen anymore. You actually have to take an active approach to uh, to get this pain to subside or to heal the injury. Yeah, and then also go back to the drawing board, you know, figure out what got you injured. Was it, you know, a poor movement or, you know, something like that. You kinda gotta take it back a notch and, you know, do the preventative measures to not get you back in that same spot, you know, you, and sometimes it might have to be starting from square one, you know, you got to determine where you're at, what got you injured, and then, you know, back to the drawing board, fix that movement, start moving better. If you're doing that movement and it's bothering you a little bit, chances are there's something wrong there. Yeah. So you got to kind of dig down into the root, like, hey, because at the end of the day, we should be moving inside the gym pain free, you know, mm. you shouldn't be doing a squat if it hurts. You know, you, you shouldn't be doing a deadlift if it hurts. You know, it comes down to the movement quality. What tweaks do you have to change to make that, you know, um, pain-free? Because that, that's why you're here. You're not there to get hurt. You're trying to, you know, improve your quality of life, not get hurt. Yeah, I agree. If someone's able to develop someone and get their physique uh, to have eight-pack abs, but they do it in the process, they they have 10 injuries in the process, it's not worth it. I think they lose sight of the whole purpose of of doing why we do and that's one of the other things that we talked about uh, of the differences in training is when you're a little bit younger really you're looking for aesthetics 
sports performance type of training. But when you get into middle age, you're really looking at longevity, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's, it's such a huge difference from when you first get into the fitness game. You're trying to look good for spring break in a bikini or something yeah, like that, yep. you know. And then, you know, later, you know, when you get to that middle age range, it's like, hey, how long can I push back the nursing home or any type of assisted living? Yeah, and, and our thing is we still want you to look like you work out. Like in a pair of clothes, you should always look like you work out no, no matter doubt. what. But to sit around and, and hope that you're going to walk around with eight-pack abs and you're 60, that it's not realistic, right? They, the, it serves more of a function uh, as we're trying to describe. I think the other things that I always consider uh, middle-aged clients is uh, it just takes them longer to get moving to the standard that we want. Their warm-ups are longer. They take more sets going into their heavy loads. And one of the things I always really try to do if, uh, if you're not getting paid to do it is keep them away from unrep maxes. Yeah. No, there's really no point, in my opinion, on um, lifting. What's the point? Are they going to do a powerlifting competition, you know, in a couple of months? No, you know, like you just said, the case is just improving their quality of life. And, uh, and we understand that, hey, it might take them a little bit more to warm up. But, uh, you know, that's that's the nature of the beast. Hey, let's get them moving, right? Let's get them warm. Let's get this feeling right for them so they don't feel achy. You know, if you if you feel stiff and achy, uh, we're not going to throw you on a barbell right away. We're going to get you, you know, moving, get the heart rate up, get you sweating a little bit. Um, yeah, then there's nothing wrong with taking a little extra time to warm up. And the other consideration that you mentioned earlier that I thought it was a good point was volume. Like, we don't need to give them as much as we would for somebody younger because they just, it's not necessarily that they can't handle it, is that it goes back to the initial statements, they just can't recover from it. I believe it's not that most people are overtraining, it's that they're uh, under recovering. That's a good point. And w with middle-aged clients, it's even more important to make sure they spend a lot of focus recovering and not just pounding themselves into the ground five days, five, six days a week. Yeah, no, they can't handle it. That uh, kind of reinforces the point where we say a lot, you know, sometimes less is more. You know, if you, you know, our master's program, you know, we go Wednesdays and Fridays. And you, we'll offer that extra time a week to maybe on a, a barbell club or a Ramwad Sunday if, if they want to. You know, that's that optional. But you, I'd say, you know, if I were to put a number on it, maybe between two to three days of training, okay, mm -hmm. And then focus on everything you're doing outside of the gym uh, to make it just as important. Your nutrition, your sleeping habits, um, you know, and you can still be active, you know, yep. uh, play with your kids, take your dog out for a run, you know. But, uh, yeah, it, as far as volume goes, you know, you if you're a middle-aged to master's athlete, training seven days a week would uh, be doing you a disservice. A huge disservice, and it goes back to rule number one is uh, – we have to drastically reduce the potential for injury. And the best way to do that is to minimize the volume. For sure. And I, and I think one of the biggest differences that has nothing to do with physical training that we really want to focus on with middle-aged clients is nutrition. Is that keeping the weight off and reducing the weight is a lot harder when you're 45, 55, 65 than when you were 25, even, even 35 years old. Um, I was reading a study uh, just earlier this morning and it said that after the age of 25 years old uh, we reduce 
our, or excuse me, we increase our total body weight by 3.4% every decade. So if I'm 25 and I weigh 170 pounds, it's likely that at the age of 45, you're gonna weigh 185 pounds. That's just, that's the data. And so to be able to really control that gap from even happening, we really have to really focus on what people are putting into their mouth. Yeah, I feel like that might just come from like lack of caring, you know, uh, Chances are these middle-aged people, they either have a lot of responsibilities, they're, they're taking care of their families around them, you know, they're prioritizing on getting their kids fed over what they're eating. Um, or if they're on the back end of the middle age, maybe they're getting that close to that retirement stage where they're like, you know, hey, you, I've, you know, busted my ass for all this time yeah. on whatever it was, you know, um, so they have a more laid back approach. And then it's up to us as coaches to kind of reinforce, hey, you got to, you know, dial in on this nutrition. Sure, because... They're, it would be insane to keep doing what we're doing at the gym and not see body composition results. So we know we have control over that physically inside the gym. We can scale the program by offering group classes the way that we do. But outside of that, we don't have that control. So we really want to put a better emphasis on them. It's, a, it's an energy balance issue. We need to, to really think about what they're consuming because we know how they're expending their energy uh, through our training program is there they they are putting in the effort i just think they need to take a more philosophical approach to how they treat nutrition and the role of nutrition in their own lives yeah you just got to reinforce that you know what we say all the time is you can't out train a bad diet That's really good um and unfortunately it's the harder part it's the, the the training is the easier part especially when you have a coach telling you what to do but the hard part is controlling what you put in your mouth 23 hours a day, a day. You're, you're outside of the gym um, and I mean, we've been a, a, doing a killer job at just pounding that lately, nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. That's a good separator, um, from us and other gyms, you know, uh, we, re, we're not just movement specialists. Like you say all the time, uh, you know, this nutrition, it has to be a priority, you know, uh, you, you can't get away from it. Yeah. And I think what happened is that we were able to, uh, make the common practice of being a movement specialist. We were like, if if you were doing something wrong, you knew a coach was going to come up to you and tell you what you're doing wrong for your own good. But what happened by doing that in group class, we neglected nutrition because really group class is really not a lot of time to talk about nutrition. We're, movement, workouts, training sessions are back-to-back. Hours really compressed with time. Mm-hmm. And so that's really all we're focused with. But the culture has to be about nutrition and about how they treat food because that's uh, the other 23 hours a day when the only control I have is the hour in group class. So if I can empower them, right, then we can really make a huge difference in their lives and really do it in a way where it's not like, you know, just because someone has bad eating habits, it doesn't make them a bad person. And it's one of the first things I feel out when having a conversation. Like when we have this conversation, it's like, oh, I had a cheat meal. And then you you lose your posture and you get all sad and you start drooping. You, you have a direct relationship between how you feel as a person and how you feel uh, a direct relationship to how you eat. Or I don't. If it's like, man, I ate like shit the other day. Like it doesn't make me a worse person. I just know that this concept and this principle I have to do better at. But not like... I, you know, find myself depressed and sitting in my bed and eating all day because I made bad food choices. I just redirect the focus and I move on. And that's really what I want to start this conversation with nutrition. And then we need to solidify some good principles because for everything that we say is great about nutrition, there's someone else on this thing called the internet who's telling you not to do it. 
Yeah, no, uh, you got to try, test out, do a trial and error, um, and then go based on, you know, how you feel, how you react, depending on your diet. Uh, you know, you, what you just said, you know, redirection after you consume something poorly, you know, th- that's the key because it's so easy for someone to go out on a Friday night, eat pizza, and then they say, oh, screw it, I ruined my diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can't be the case that, uh, you, you know, um, you can't do this yo-yo effect to where you eat real, real clean for a week and then you eat shitty for a week. You got to understand life happens. If you mess up, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Just get back on it the next day. You know, someone told me this morning they ate pizza last night. I said, that's fine. Now what matters is what you eat today. Right. Let that go, you know, but you don't let it derail you, you know. And like you just said, uh, you made a great point, you know, redirect back towards the clean eating because that's ultimately what's going to get you towards your goals. Yeah, and as people get older, uh, I think, uh, like if I use my mom, for example. It's got to be more of a focus. It has to be more of a focus because they get lazy. They don't, so they don't cook as much as they used to. So they really can't control what they're putting in their mouths or the, the stuff that they're putting into certain recipes. So they go out and eat a lot. And by doing that, they really can't control what they're putting in their mouths. Uh, so they just need to put more focus on it. Um, and how many times have you heard that? Oh, back when I was in my 20s, when my metabolism was super fast, right? You know, I had a six pack abs and I didn't even work out. You know, uh, you know, time and time again, it's showing that the older we get, the the harder we got to work to either keep weight off or stay in you know tip top shape. Um, so chances are the metabolism is going to slow down the older you get. Yeah, and so it goes back to nutrition. We really gotta just tie that down because if if the formula for getting yourself uh, the the physique that you wanted was to just pound yourself into the ground physically, then we'd all be in big trouble. Like mm-hmm. the compliment, right? The the hack to not having to pound yourself in the ground so much to get the physique that you want is to really just put more focus on nutrition. And uh, middle-aged athletes have to do that more than anybody else. No doubt about it. Well, that's it, baby. Uh, I think it's nice, short, and sweet, but we really got some nice gems that people can take. I think they have to, uh, if you're in that age range or you're training someone in that age range, you're taking considerations for what you're going to do with them uh, even before the first session uh, from the current level of fitness to the type of uh, limitations that they might have uh, to other things like the difference in their training and what we want to consider and the goal and the focus that they have. Yeah, no, I, a couple of good takeaways is just we talked about like real life application. We talked about conversation we'll have with, you know, people. We talk about, um, you know, just stuff you can do now to kind of put yourself in a good situation to succeed when dealing with any type of new client, you know, specifically middle-aged. Yep. Uh, and I think last but not least, I think we hit that uh, the nail on the head is nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. If you're reading more about exercise than you are about nutrition, you're doing something wrong, guys. Uh, just put a little bit more energy into philosophies, uh, methods of nutrition, and uh, you'll get great results. Yep. Sounds good, guys. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll appreciate it. We'll catch you next time. Peace.